0: has to put it up with the, buzzer, it in. <laughs> the, the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft.
1: Welcome back to the Kentucky Resilience Lab. I'm Natalie and I'm Trevor. Today, we are going to discuss one of my and Trevor's favorite sports psychology topics, flow. We'll begin by discussing what the concept of flow is and who developed it. After that, we'll give you some tips for increasing the likelihood of achieving a flow state. And finally, we'll finish by sharing some personal examples of when Trevor and I have experienced our own flow states. All right, so let's flow right into things. Flow is a psychological concept that was developed by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Csikszentmihalyi describes flow as the state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. So just let that soak in, right? Being so involved in something that you're doing that nothing else around you seems to matter. If you've tuned in to Mai and Katie's episode on motivation, You you may remember us talking about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Well, flow is a perfect example of intrinsic motivation because while you're engaging in that activity, it's self-rewarding. You're not focused on the outcome at the end. You're just engulfed in the process of the activity. It's as if participating in the activity is the reward. And a lot of times flow is described similar to an optimal experience. And when we think of an optimal experience, it's just like the best experience we could have in something. Sometimes it's known as peak experience or peak performance. And so a lot of times when people are in flow, they're also having one of those optimal experiences. And these experiences are often associated with being completely immersed in the activity. People tend to feel really confident. They have a lot of energy, but yet they're also relaxed at the same time. And they don't really have a fear of failure. They're just joyful and thinking about their worries. Immersed in what they're doing. And because of that, a lot of times people in flow may feel like their movements are automatic, as if they're just simply flowing with ease.
0: Yeah, that's so true, Natalie. And like, I mean, they're really just kind of these like transcendent, um experiences. Um, and yeah, people also talk about like kind of feeling like invincible or like anything they do, like they, they can't do anything wrong. So they, they really trust their skills. And it just seems like whatever decisions they're making, um, they're just the right ones. And so it's kind of like their body and their mind really are kind of merged together. So there's no like conscious thinking brain going on They're They're kind of just um, getting out of their own way. Sometimes we hear that um, in terms of Sports psychology, it's like, how can we help our performers like kind of get out of their own way and just let it happen naturally, let their best performances kind of flow out of them. And and that's what happens in a flow state. Um, You know, these without conscious effort, really just this natural ability shines through. Um, But, you know, what's interesting about flow to Natalie is that, like, it's kind of a paradox, especially when we think about it in terms of of sports psychology, because, you know, we can if we are like trying really hard and really focusing on achieving a flow state we're actually kind of distracting ourselves from the present moment. And that's actually kind of reducing our potential to um, get into the flow state because we're actually focused on the wrong thing. Instead of focused on the activity, we're focused on getting flow. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of interesting in that it's a paradox in that sense.
1: Yeah, I love that point, Trevor. And I think it's super important. I think it's also kind of encouraging in a way because – it lets people know, like, hey, once you are experiencing flow, like, you don't even really have to feel like you're trying. Mm -hmm. And, um, but because of that, it's often hard to understand until you've actually experienced it before. And Mm Semihai describes it as, the best moments usually occur when a person's body or mind is stretched to its limit in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. So you hear that and you think, well, that doesn't like I don't have to try. That sounds difficult. And it doesn't mean that the task isn't difficult. It just means that you're so engulfed in it that you're not really thinking about the difficulty of it. Um, but nonetheless, and this is also kind of a paradox, nonetheless, your body and mind are being stretched to their limits, but they're doing it in kind of a natural way. And it's something that you're voluntarily doing. And so it's something that you want to do. And we all know that. We're more motivated to do something when it's something that we personally want to do and uh, something that's worthwhile. And so, therefore, Cheek Sent also describes optimal experience as something that we make happen, right? No one else can make it happen for us. We're the ones responsible for allowing ourselves to be in that flow state. And furthermore, Cheek Sent says on the rare occasion that it happens, we feel a sense of exhilaration, a deep sense of enjoyment that is long cherished and that becomes a landmark in memory for what life should be like. I love that quote because it just gets me excited about life. And when I think about the times that I've experienced flow in the past, it's like, heck yeah, like that is something that I'm going to remember forever. And that's something that I long to have again. But it ha- it's rare, right? It has to happen Um naturally, it's something we make happen. So you're not necessarily going to experience it all the time. But when you do, you'll know it. And it's something that you're going to remember for a long time.
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, it's interesting, Natalie, the way that we've been talking about it kind of might be a little bit confusing to people in the sense that like, okay, well, they're saying, when you're achieving flow, it's it seems really easy, you're kind of letting it happen. But at the same time, it's something that you make happen and something that's really difficult. Well, here's something I think that can help, uh, bring some clarity to that. And it's called one of the key elements of flow, something called the challenge skill balance. So the challenge skill balance is the idea that, um, we usually achieve flow when the challenge is, is really high, right? So whatever we're doing, um, it, it's it is really difficult. It is stretching us. It requires the, you know, it requires us to bring our absolute best. It's not like a, you know, for example, if we were, um, doing something really easy if we were playing against an opponent that was much uh at a much lower skill level than us we're probably not going to get into a flow state but when we play someone who is our is our match is our equal who really uh makes it makes us bring the most uh, out of ourselves um that's the that's that challenge skill balance right so on the one hand the challenge is high but on the other hand our skill uh matches that challenge and so when we are in situations like that that's when we tend to uh experience flow and so even though the thing itself might be very difficult when we're, when we hit that flow state, it actually seems really easy. So hopefully that kind of brings some, um, some clarity to that.
1: Yeah. I think that helps a lot. And hopefully when Trevor and I give you some examples of our own, hopefully it will make a little bit more sense as well. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to move into giving you some tips for increasing the likelihood of achieving a flow state. And we wanna put emphasis on the fact that tips that can help increase the likelihood of achieving a flow state. Because it's something that you don't really know you've achieved it until you have, we can't give you like a step-by-step process of like, here's exactly how you achieve flow, but we can give you some suggestions for placing yourself in activities that could bring about flow. And so the first thing is, these have to be activities that bring you joy. Joy is one of my favorite words. So I'm a little biased when it comes to that. But it's, it's so true. I mean, no one can deny that everyone wants joy. And therefore, these are activities that you voluntarily want to do. And just as Trevor was alluding to these activities should be challenging yet achievable. So when you think about some of the activities that bring you the most joy, they're probably not the easiest activities in the world, right? They're challenging, but you enjoy them because you know they're achievable as well. It should feel like your body and mind must work hard, but you should feel equipped with the necessary skills to achieve that activity. That's super important as well. Mm -hmm. And make sure these activities feel worthwhile. Obviously, you know, you're not going to experience your greatest moment in life from something that you don't even think is worth it. And then try to decrease distractions, such as worries about things that are occurring outside of the activity. And although it's impossible to completely control these thoughts from coming into your head, you are responsible for how you respond to them. So if you're in the activity and you start to notice yourself thinking about everything else that you have to do that day, that's okay. Acknowledge that you're worrying about that but then allow yourself to take maybe take a deep breath and get back into the activity that you're doing. Recognize the distractions and then put the effort back into engulfing yourself in the activity. Mm-hmm. And one thing that might help with this is consider putting your phone away unless you, you know, unless there might be an emergency that day. Um, that's super helpful as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have a few other like kind of concrete tips for, Reducing those distractions and kind of living in the present moment. And and those are two things, again, that really help you achieve the uh, increase the likelihood of achieving flow. Um, So one thing that you can also consider doing is, um, you know, if you've got a lot going on outside of your performance, so things going on in your life, maybe with relationships or with with other people, with, um, you know, your responsibilities, things you're worried about. One one uh, strategy that you can try is before you you go out and perform, um, what you can do is kind of have like a little journal or a sheet of paper and write down all those things that you're worried about all the things that are kind of on your mind that might distract you during your performance, write those down, uh, on a, on a sheet of paper, and then leave that, uh, in the locker room or wherever your you know, pre-performance kind of like area is, uh, because what the idea there is that it kind of symbolizes the fact that look, that stuff is, is important. It's on your mind for a reason, but it's still going to be there. Um, when you get done with your performance. And so you can't take it with you on the field. So leave it in your locker, leave it in your desk, something like that, whatever. Uh, But just realize that, you know, you can't take it with you uh, and then just kind of free yourself uh, from that and get back to it later. Another thing you can do, one of the best things you can do, I think, to actually achieve or increase the likelihood of achieving flow um, is to practice mindfulness and meditation. And um, I I did a podcast on that, I believe, with Miles, uh, a a couple, I think, last season. Uh, So if you want to learn more about mindfulness, you can tune into that episode. But uh, the more that you practice mindfulness, the more um, you're going to get better at being aware of, you know, whether or not you're in the present moment um, and bringing yourself back to the present moment when you notice that um, your mind has wandered off. And so, again, we talk about being fully immersed in the present moment as a as a fundamental aspect of flow. So mindfulness is a great way to practice that um again another couple other things you can do set some process oriented goals instead of outcome oriented goals don't don't worry so much about the end result winning or losing worry more about and focus more on um you know the here and now the, the process of what you're doing um and you can you know you can do that through breathing exercises or even setting like some small visual reminders um to bring yourself back to the present moment so i've had athletes that have tied like a little ribbon to their wrist and so they've realized like during performances when their minds kind of wandered they'll look at that ribbon and say oh okay that's my cue to get back into the present moment um so that can really help um yeah
1: yeah those are all really good like i love how those are just very good practical strategies things that you all can try out you know next time you're in your activity and and a lot of this is trial and error find what works best for you Mm -hmm. and part of that is being willing to accept feedback from other people it's one of the hardest things to do um i have an episode on feedback that will be coming later this season because i feel like it's so important but so hard but that feedback will help you improve your skill so that you're better prepared for the challenge of the activity Mm -hmm. and so it might seem like something's too challenging for you but it might be just that you need improvement. And other people, as hard as it might be to hear that feedback sometimes can really, really help us. Um, and lastly, have fun. Sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to perform. that we aren't able to um, completely enjoy the sport or the activity anymore. So enjoy it. And um, Trevor is going to give you an example of an activity that he really enjoyed that he got into flow. So I'm really excited to hear about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um my first flow experience uh happened actually it was actually my first uh competitive boxing match that i ever engaged in um and i think one of the interesting things and one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about it is because um before i was uh gonna go and and, and get into the ring as i was preparing i was incredibly nervous like i wanted to throw up i was i, I felt like my arms couldn't move i felt like i had concrete in my shoes um but nevertheless when i actually got into the ring um i kind of just became completely absorbed in the experience and i had just an an incredible performance and uh really did experience a flow state and i think one of the the, my takeaways from that is just that you know a lot of times we think about flow and we think about okay well beforehand i must probably i need to be in this kind of like zen state i need to feel great i need to be uh you know at, at my best emotionally all this stuff but you know you don't have to feel that way you don't have to feel amazing before the competition to experience flow as long as Um, you let whatever those thoughts and emotions that are kind of controlling you, as long as you let those go and just immerse yourself and be present in your performance, um, you know, you can, you can not feel the best and still achieve a flow state.
1: I love that. That's such a good point. I tell athletes I work with that so much of like, you do not need to feel your best to perform well. And similarly, you don't need to feel your best in order to have a flow state, um, so yeah, thank you for that example, Trevor. I'm gonna give you all an example of a non-sport flow state that I experienced. And ironically, it was when I wrote a song after being inspired by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's book Flow, and that just goes to tell you how much I love the concept of flow. So I was going through a pretty challenging mental battle in my life. This was the summer of 2017. And I went on like a book reading spree. Like I just loved reading books and flow was one of them. And while I was reading it, it was as if I was experiencing a flow experience. And more importantly, the book helps steer me in a direction towards experiencing more joy in my daily life. Hmm. And so I'm definitely not an expert guitar player, but I know basic chords and I love just, I love songwriting and singing. And so, um, after I read the book, you know, I'm like, I want to write a song about this. And so I put some words down on paper. And like, as I was writing the lyrics, it felt natural and almost effortless. It was hard because it was like the first song I'd ever written. And I was like, here we go. But the words seemed to flow with ease from the pencil onto the paper. And and then when I was deciding on what chords to put with the lyrics, that also like it was challenging and it took me some time. But once I did, I'm like, wow, like this felt so good. And so as I reflect back on that event of writing that song, it seemed that I had a really good challenge skill balance, because writing the song was definitely challenging. But with the combination of the skills that I did have, and the inspiration that I had from the book, the process possessed a sense of effortlessness. And so the joy I experienced from it is somewhat indescribable, but I would definitely always be thankful for High's book and for that experience. So to kind of conclude, You can experience flow in a variety of your activities in life. It could be from your sport. It could be from a hobby or an art like music or drawing, but it can also just be in your daily work. So be creative, have fun. And we hope that we were able to give you some good tips and, um, yeah, we're excited for you to place yourself in a situation where you might experience
0: flow. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to, um, subscribe to us on uh, Spotify and on iTunes and, uh, and leave us a good review if you don't mind, but thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Yeah. Thank you.